0: We turn in God's Word this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, as we consider this morning the last in our series of messages on 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, This evening, uh, Mr. Mark Sakaro, who is a licentient in our uh, presbytery, will be here Uh, to bring God's word, and uh, was pleased to have heard uh, Mark's uh, licensure exam uh, a number of weeks ago now, Um, did a good job, and so uh, I'd encourage you, one of the the interesting things about Mark, Uh, he was not raised in the church, Uh, his family was uh, nominal Roman Catholics, uh, and uh, came to faith uh, I think it was more in the college years of life, uh, and uh, so he comes with uh, a certain vibrant passion uh, in regards to uh, not only uh, faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but also the Reformed faith in particular. So I'd encourage you if, uh, to come again this evening to, to hear our brother as he brings God's word. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. The breathed out word of God. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during. 40 days, and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And appearing to them during 40 days. As we read there in verse 3 is what our thoughts will be centered on this morning. Let's bow in prayer again. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this portion of your word, which was read and heard read. Pray that your spirit would be in this place this morning. Give Pastor Bob the words to speak. Help us to hear them and apply them to our lives. We thank you for this series that we've had of the many different instances where we see the 40 days mentioned throughout Scripture, and we thank you for this time of study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So three things from this passage this morning. First of all, the timing. Secondly, the text itself. And then thirdly, the teaching that we find here as well. So the timing, the text, and the teaching. So we're told here that he appeared to them, verse 3 During the 40 days. So what is the timing of this particular 40 days? And we can kind of set it up this way. We can look at it as being those 40 days mark the period of time from his resurrection to his ascension. That is a 40 day period of time. From the time that he comes forth from the grave on that resurrection day to the time that he ascends into heaven, that was a 40-day period of time. Which is interesting because as we've now looked back over this series of messages, we see this time period is used often in Scripture. God has used this amount of time with Noah, with Moses, He's used this time with Jonah. He's used this time with Jesus. It's an interesting thing that that God in his providence says, this time from the resurrection to ascension, I'm not going to make it 10 days. I'm not going to make it 20 days. I'm not going to make it 30 days. It's a 40-day period of time. Chosen. Specifically by God, just like all the other 40-day periods of time were. It's not random. It's not just, oh, it just happened to be 40. No, it is by God's plan and it is by God's purpose that this time between resurrection and ascension is 40 days. But it also breaks down in another way. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, as we looked at last Lord's Day evening, there is this 40-day period of time. He's baptized, which is the the sort of official start of his public ministry, is going out into the world proclaiming the good news of the gospel. At the beginning of that ministry, there is that 40-day period of time Now, after his resurrection, at the close of his, as it were, earthly ministry, comes another 40-day period of time. We could look at it this way. At the beginning of his ministry was a 40-day period of time of his being tested. At the end of his ministry is a 40 day period of time of his being honored god allowed his beloved son the father allows the son to be tested but at the end of his ministry he is given the privilege and the honor of being on this earth for a 40-day period of time, a, a period of time that we have said over and over and over again, is not short. 40 days is a long time. He is given 40 days upon this earth to present himself as the resurrected, living, Lord, Savior, King, the universe. See, God didn't just resurrect him, or he wasn't just resurrected and then disappeared. But for 40 days, he receives the Lord, the praise, before he is ascended by those who are gathered around him. It's an interesting thing that God is doing here. In Jesus' earthly ministry. But another way to look at this is a time period of judgment and grace. And it seems like that seems to be, when when we go back and look at and say, Okay, what seems to kind of be the theme that runs through these 40-day periods? Judgment and grace. That there's always a, a time in which we see God's judgment. How do we find it in these 40 days? For 40 days, Jesus made appearances that are testified to over and over and over again by witnesses who saw him. But that generation refused to believe. Think of this, God left the Jewish people with living witnesses who have seen and can testify, we have seen Jesus, we have seen Jesus, we have seen Jesus, we have seen Jesus alive, not just once, but multiple times. And they go back to family, friends, they go back to the Jewish people. We have seen Jesus alive. And for the most part, the Jewish people want to hear none of this. In fact, when we read the account in the Gospels, the report that the disciples came and stole the body is reported by the Gospel writer. That's still the same story that is told until the time he wrote the Gospel, which we know is at least 20, if not 30 years afterwards. 30 years later, the Jewish people are still explaining the empty tomb. Jesus came, or the disciples came and stole his body. Even though there are all these witnesses saying, we've seen him, we've seen him, we've seen him. Living witnesses, not witnesses who are just recorded in the Word. Not witnesses that are in the book. But witnesses they could speak to. Oh, the judgment of God. This is why Jesus says to those scribes and Pharisees, no sign's going to be given you but the sign of Jonah. And the people of Sodom and Gomorrah would have repented, but not you. Your hearts are hard. But then there's the grace. The grace that we see in these 40 days for those who got to see him. Turn with me. Keep your finger here a minute. Interesting little passage. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. You're going to find verse 40. Acts 10 verse 40. Peter is bringing the good news to the Gentiles. Things are happening. He's explaining the nuts and bolts of the gospel. Verse 40. So we have him dying. Verse 39. Verse 40. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Now notice this. God made him to appear. Remember the language we have in Acts chapter 1. He appeared many times. God made him to appear. Not to all the people. But to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses. Who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. These witnesses... Who get to see the living Lord Jesus. Were chosen by God. Even those who he appears to are not random. But they're designated by God. I want this person to see Jesus. I want this person to see the living Lord. I want this person to see Jesus alive. I want this person to see Jesus alive. So that we might be the witnesses. What grace in that. What a beautiful thing. And it's not just the 12. It's more than the 12. That we'll see in a few minutes. Who are called to be the witnesses. See yes there's judgment at work here. But there is also grace. Just like there's been in each one of these 40 days and 40 nights account. But I'm going to take you a little bit further. There's even more grace. You might say, oh, if I were just one of those who could have seen the living Lord Jesus, all that would have been wonderful. What does Jesus say to Thomas? More blessed, more blessed are those who believe and do not see. See, we're in the better position. Because our belief does not stem from sight. We didn't see the living Lord Jesus in those 40 days. Yet we believe. And Jesus' word to you and to me is this. more are blessed. Are those who believe without having to see me, Thomas. Ah, oh, the grace of God. In these 40 days. Now let's go back to... Acts chapter 1, and let's look at the text, verse 3 again. He presented himself alive. It's an interesting phrasing, isn't it? He presented himself. When when we hear that word, it means that Jesus is not with them 24-7. This isn't a constant presence of Jesus for 40 days and nights. Jesus presents himself every once in a while. Here's Jesus. And then again, here's Jesus. And then he's gone for periods of time. And then here's Jesus. He presented himself on multiple occasions. which adds to the fact that Christ is indeed glorified in some way, in some form, in some fashion. He's not the Jesus of pre-resurrection. Something has changed. Something is different. Something is different about his being. Something is different about his authority. Something is different about what and how he shows himself. Right? Remember, remember when we go back to the events, even of that resurrection day. All of a sudden, there he is in the room with the disciples. Then what? We don't read about Jesus being with them until a week later. This is fascinating to think about. And yet Peter's confession and statement is he presented himself as being alive. He displayed in every way that you can that he was alive, that he was not dead, that he really truly was resurrected from the grave. Why? Well, what might people say if Christ only appears to the disciples one time? Yeah, you fellows were hallucinating. I know you, 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 had, quite, you had quite a relationship with, the, with Jesus. We understand that. And now you miss him. You miss him dearly. And I'm sure in that upper room there's all sorts of memories and so on. You guys were just hallucinating. Some of you have experienced that. You've experienced that. You walk into a room after a loved one has passed away. And, and there's their favorite chair. And you walk in and it's like, they're there. The, the memory and the heartache is so vivid, it, it creates a reality in your mind that isn't a reality. The memory is so strong. How that happens. So that Jesus, you see, doesn't want that to be the excuse that the Jews or others can give. So he appears, he presents himself alive multiple times, over and over and over again, different places, different scenes, different situations, different witnesses, not the same group. To provide factual evidence of the fact He is resurrected from the dead. So the text reads, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during those 40 days. So what's the list? Well, here is the list of Jesus' appearances. Early Sunday morning to Mary Magdalene near the sepulcher at Jerusalem. One. To the women returning from the sepulcher, two. To Peter near Jerusalem later that day, four. To two disciples going to Emmaus that day, five. That evening at Jerusalem to the apostles except Thomas, six. The Sunday evening at Jerusalem to all the apostles, especially Thomas, seven. To seven disciples fishing on the Sea of Galilee, eight. To 11 disciples on a mountain in Galilee. Nine. To over 500 disciples at once. 1 Corinthians 15, 6. Think about the the passage we had later on in Acts. Peter saying, he appeared to those that God had appointed. It's not just the 12. It's the women. It's these two disciples. Disciples, followers on the way to Emmaus. It's some 500 folks. Why? So that they might be witnesses. To James, 1 Corinthians 15, 7. To the apostles at the Mount of Olives near Bethany. All in this 40 days. Now, of course, that raises some questions, doesn't it? What's he doing? What's he doing for those 40 days? Well, the text answers that. Appears to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. That's what he's doing. Every time he appears to them, he is speaking to them about the kingdom of God. How does John end his book by saying that if... if We could seek to contain all that Jesus said and did. All the books of the world could not contain it. We have but a a sample. We have but a sampling that God has placed in his word. Did he do more? Yes. Did he say more? Yes. But these things, John says, are written that you may believe. I don't have to give you any more information God is saying. I don't have to tell you everything Jesus did. I don't have to give you every quote of Jesus. And even in these 40 days, he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. What were those conversations about? Well, some are recorded. The words to the disciples in the upper room some of which we've already heard, right? What is the kingdom of God? (laughs) More blessed are you if you believe without seeing the resurrected Christ. We have the restoration of Peter. What, What beautiful words, what beautiful example is provided for us of what true biblical restoration looks like. We have... His words to the disciples in the Great Commission. We have His words that we're going to look at in just a few minutes here in verses 4 and 5. But you say, well, that, that doesn't take much. What else might Jesus have taught about? Well, at that point, it would only be theorizing. But we do have an example, don't we? We have an example of Jesus Walking with those two men on the road to Emmaus and opening up the word, which would bend the Old Testament, and showing to them that the Christ had to suffer, showing to them that, that the Christ would be raised again. Showing to them the the proofs that he indeed was the Christ. Can't you just see Jesus sitting down with those disciples and saying, let's deal with Leviticus chapter 1 today, guys. You you guys are good faithful Jews. You, You deal with the burnt offering. Well, let me show you how in the burnt offering I was on display. Let me show you how in the peace offering I was on display. As he takes them through the word. That's what he did with the men on the road to Emmaus. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And yet, of course, I know we're left with. So what else does he do for 40 days and nights? Where does he go? Where where does he go when he's not appearing? Where is he then? Is he ascended? No. He has not ascended. I know there's kind of the theory and people say, well, he's going back and forth to heaven. Well, then there wouldn't be much point in the ascension itself. There would kind of be a sort of a Oh, yeah, we'll just do this a minute because I've been doing it now for 40 days and nights, back and forth, back and forth, and yeah, I'll just do it again. That, that takes away all the impetus of, of the importance of the ascension, and they're witnessing it. So what's he doing? I don't know. God has not chosen to, dis, to, to tell us. Did he go to other places? Did he go to other lands? Did he go to other areas? don't know he eats we know that okay he to show that he was no ghost he ate fish display to it we know he cooked breakfast he did that on a, the shore of galilee one morning for the disciples so we know he can do the 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 ordinary things of life as well but we don't know and god has chosen Not to tell us. Why? Because John said, all that you need, all that you need, I have given you. There there is not one more word about these 40 days and nights. There's not one more word about the teaching of Jesus that would add anything to the confirmation of the truth that he is alive would not add anything to the revelation that God has already given to us. There's no mystery hidden in that, that, oh, if we could only find the secret tapes of Jesus and the disciples. Sounds like another book for Pastor Bob to write and make a few dollars off. We don't need it. And so, although our minds perhaps... Ask questions. They're questions that God says you don't need to probe. You don't need to ask. My word is sufficient. For 40 days, Jesus is making appearances. Teaching. So that those who see the living Christ. The resurrected Christ may go out and be witnesses of the gospel. And yet, this section, this passage, concludes some interesting statements, some interesting orders of Jesus. So let's look at the rest of this passage, Acts chapter 1. You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, those are the words of Jesus. But we are told in verse 4 that he said something else, but they don't quote it. And, And what he said that isn't recorded is an order. Two of them. Order number one. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave. Now why would Jesus have to order them to stay in Jerusalem? Because they're not from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is not their hometown. They live, most of them, up in Galilee. What would they most naturally do? Go home to Galilee. Probably went right away. Jesus says, don't do it, stay. Now, there would be a natural reason for them to stay in the fact that there is going to be the Feast of Passover. That's coming because you see, the Feast of Passover is 50, the Feast of Pentecost, excuse me, the Feast of Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. So the way this works out is that Passover is the day in which we typically understand is the death of Christ on the cross. Fifty days after that is another feast that the Jews celebrate, the Feast of Pentecost. They're supposed to show up. It would be quite natural that the disciples stay there. However, they may be thinking... Are we or aren't we? Jesus is here. He's spoken to us about the kingdom of God. He's commanded us, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Maybe we better get on with the task. Maybe we better get going. Maybe we better get started. Let's get out of here and get moving. Start proclaiming the gospel. That's what he told us to do. Go ye therefore. So Jesus says, no, no. I don't want you to go just yet. What I want you to do now is stay. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave. But do you notice how he does it? He ordered them not to depart. I find that interesting because in his earthly ministry I hear Jesus speaking to them often. I hear Jesus telling them things. I even hear Jesus commanding them things. But this is interesting. The risen Lord and Savior orders them. There is a certain voice of authority. There is something different now. Remember the go ye therefore into all the world? All power and all authority has been given unto me. That's why I'm ordering you to go. Because all authority is mine. He orders them now. Not to go yet, but to stay. Don't leave Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem and wait. Now this seems like it's backwards. This seems like this, this is not the order it should be in. It seems like, they, they. wait, wait for what? Why should we wait? Let's go proclaim the good news. Let's go bash down the... The gates of hell, let's go convert some priests. Let's go after some Pharisees. Let's go to it. Let's go out there. No, I want you to wait. Stay in Jerusalem and wait. Why do they have to wait? They have to wait for the promise of the Father. Well, what's the promise of the Father? Well, Jesus said, you've already heard it from me. You heard me say that John baptized with water. You heard me say, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that not many days from now. Why do you need to wait? You need to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this. So what do you think the ministry of Peter would look like if Peter were to go out without the Holy Spirit? What do you think the ministry of James and John, the sons of thunder, would look like if they're going out without the Holy Spirit? What do you think the ministry of Thomas would look like? Without the Holy Spirit. So what do you think your ministry would look like without the Holy Spirit? What would my ministry look like without the Holy Spirit? I can tell you. Failure. Failure. (laughs) But how often... Christians rush into something without the blessing of the Spirit upon what they're doing. Because they've decided it's the right thing. They've decided it's the way to go. They decided this is the way to proceed. And they're not waiting upon the Holy Spirit. Well, that doesn't mean there isn't a time for action. These boys, these men are going to get to work. These men are going to change the world. These men are going to lay their lives on the line and die for the sake of the gospel. But they also needed to be taught by Jesus to wait for the Holy Spirit. They needed that gift. They needed that presence. They needed that Holy Spirit power. And folks, that's no mystery what the Holy Spirit power is. That's this. That's this. Too often, we as the church seek to go somewhere to solve some problem, to deal with some certain situation, to deal with something that that maybe we think is sinful behavior. But we really don't listen to the Word. We really don't follow what God says to do. We know how to do it. Can't you just see Peter? (laughs) Yeah, I can see Peter. I can see Peter without the Holy Spirit. I can see what Peter's evangelism looks like. I can see Peter with a sword cutting off the ear of Malchus. I see what Peter's ministry looks like without the Holy Spirit. I see what these guys will do when the persecution starts without the Holy Spirit. They run and they fled. I see what it looks like. No, I never knew the man. No. Have nothing to do. Me, Christian, never. Gentlemen, stay in Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the work of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the confirmation. Of the Holy Spirit. And when they have it, there he is. Acts chapter 2. You killed the Christ, you brought him to a cross. But what should we do? Repent and believe. Jesus is the Christ. I got Gentiles. They're interested in the gospel. What do I do? He was killed. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead and he appeared. He appeared. To individuals chosen by God. He's speaking of himself. Chosen by God so that we might be witnesses. But more blessed are those chosen by God. Who have never seen the living Christ. And if they're blessed by having seen them and called to be witnesses, then what are we? We are those who are more blessed. Even more so are we called to be witnesses to go into this world. Not to run ahead of the Spirit. Not to go our own direction. But to follow the Spirit every single step. Why? Why? Because he ordered them to do so. He who has all authority and all power. He who has made subject all things unto him. He who rules his church and this world. Ordered them. And they followed They followed the orders of the King of Kings. And the world has not been the same since. You and I, you and I are examples of a changed world because those men, those witnesses, those 120 up in that upper room, followed the orders of the King. What do you suppose would happen if today every single believer who professes the name of Christ were to say, I'm going to follow the orders of the king today? I know what would happen. God would be glorified. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. For it's reminder to us this morning of this another 40 days that you have given. A 40 days period of time in which Jesus, as the resurrected Lord and Savior, made appearances Over and over and over again to those that you had appointed. Father, what great days of blessing those must have been. But Father, greater blessings were yet to come. For Jesus told his disciples, if I don't depart, then the Spirit will not come. So he he departs, he ascends. The Spirit is poured out on those who are believers in the Lord, Jesus Christ, so that we, like them, are called to go out into this world, this 40-day period of time, this generation, to proclaim the good news The gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. And all God's people say, Amen.